If someone said, let's play some table games, I would say what? I'm all in. Let's, car let's play cards, hearts, spades, cribbage, I'm there. Let's play some other games like Risk or Monopoly or any long table game, I'm there. To me, this is a fun way to be competitive, to enjoy a conversation, to razz people and just have fun. It's also a nice time to eat some snacks. The lesson is called All In. Damascus to Jerusalem, Jerusalem to Tarshish, and peace. The first point is Damascus to Jerusalem. I imagine if Saul was a tax collector like Matthew, Matthew chapter 10, verse 3, he would have been great at numbers. He probably would have been great at serving Rome, and he probably didn't care if the Jews hated him or not. But Jesus said, follow me, and he became one of Jesus' apostles. If Saul was a zealot like Simon, not Simon Peter, the other Simon, Matthew 10, 4, he may have trained as an assassin. He was a fighter against Rome's domination from a nationalistic point of view. But Simon changed and became a follower of Christ, an apostle. If Saul was a fisherman like Peter, Andrew, James, and John, he may have dedicated his life to the art of fishing to provide for his family and grow in business. But Jesus convinced them to become what? Fishers of men. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 19. But Saul did not have their background, and they did not have each other's background. He was a devoted Pharisee, a strict follower who persecuted those who followed the way Christians of a Jewish background. Jesus said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Acts chapter 9, verse 4. After his conversion to Christ, Paul was all in. And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue saying, He is the Son of God! Acts chapter 9, verse 20. Why is this so amazing? I know many people who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. But you have to remember, the Jews understood that God becoming human was a form of idolatry. Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Acts chapter 9, verse 5. If you study the maps, Saul started in Jerusalem persecuting the Lord's church. We know he was there when Stephen was killed. From there, he received authority to seek out all those Jews who followed the way. Now, Damascus was not close to Jerusalem. It was not even in the regions of Judea, Samaria, or Galilee. It was a region beyond these borders, about 150 miles away 
from Jerusalem. Here you have, well, it was working. Here we have Jerusalem here at the star. Here's Damascus up here. And he took a 150-mile trip to Damascus. How long was Saul in Damascus after his conversion in Christ? It's not certain. What we do know is that he went to the synagogues. I don't know about you, but if they meet weekly, that's one week. If he's having to go there for quite a few times to talk, that's a few weeks. And then I'm assuming there's more than one synagogue. He went to the Jews who had believed just like him. And he proved, according to context, that Jesus was the Christ. Now, what is not mentioned in Acts is mentioned in Galatians as Owen read this morning. Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 through 18. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Jerusalem, Judaism, beyond many of my age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult anyone. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remain with him 15 days. Now, according to this map I have on the slide, it's taken uh, Paul way down here to Arabia. But in fact, Arabia is a huge region, not just down there. It actually borders almost close to Damascus and around this way, actually farther out this way. So Paul would, Saul would not have to have gone very far to get to Arabia from Damascus. How long was he in Damascus before going to Arabia? I don't know. How long was he in Arabia before going back to Damascus? I don't know. Yet it was three years from his conversion before he went down to Jerusalem from that area, particularly Damascus. Why do I mention this? Well, it's the same reason Paul mentioned it. People believe that his message didn't come from God. And he tells them, I didn't get it from man. I got it from revelation from Christ. Today, and this is where it's very important for us to understand, liberal theologians 
believe that at this time, this three years, Paul created his own church. He speaks in his writings against homosexuality. Well, that's Paul's version. He speaks about men and women's role in the life and body of Christ. Well, that's Paul's version. He speaks a lot of things that go against people's sensitivities. Liberal theologians separate that out. And they come up with the conclusion that you can evolve the church. And that Paul, in his own wisdom, went off being a little bit. Let's make it right. Right here is where they start that thinking in timeline. But we must remember what the Apostle John said as we just finished 1 John, right? They taught, John specifically talking about the Apostles, which would also include Paul, Saul. Anything else preached than what is declared by God through Jesus through the Holy Spirit to his Apostles is of what? The evil one. 1 John 5, 19. Saul is not proclaiming anything different than what the revelation of Jesus Christ taught him. The same revelation taught the other apostles. This is where you'll find a beginning, especially in the concepts of denominationalism where you can have many kinds of different groups as long as they have one banner but the apostles taught one way one church one faith one baptism one Lord and God above all who is over all in all and through all That's where they start that concept. But Paul didn't create his own way of church, did he? Peter didn't create his own way of church, did he? The other apostles didn't create 10 other, 12 other different types of churches, did they? One. And Paul was no different. Second point, Jerusalem to Tarshish. So Saul is back in Damascus before he heads down Jerusalem, according to Galatians chapter 1, which coincides with the time here in Acts chapter 9, as Paul is referring backwards in time in Galatians. And now the Jews are seeking to kill him. Well, while he was back in Damascus, they were trying to kill him there. And those followers of Christ let him down in a basket through a hole in the wall because they were day and night watching the gates. Now, if you study Damascus, it's not a small town. I don't know how many gates, but you'd have to have a lot of people watching the gates day and night to catch this Paul because they wanted to kill him. Well, Paul gets out. Saul gets out, excuse me. Saul gets out. And from where... And here he went on to Jerusalem 
Because Saul was all in, wasn't he? Did he stop his preaching? Growing up in Iowa, we are used to do on the ground. Are we used to do on the ground here in the summer? No, not no, no. Bill is, was pretty quick about that, and all of you are all smiling. No, we're not used to the dew, but I was used to the dew. Heavy dew is thick. And when I would smell the freshness of this dew, it, re, it always reminds me of Midwest Bible camp because the dew was thick at that time of the year going to camp. The smell of dew reminds me of my positive experience at camp. Well, but some recall can bring up negative moments. Saul was 150 miles plus away, all the way up there in Damascus where a huge region of Jews lived for three years. And then he comes back. Those Jewish Christians had some major recall. Was it a positive experience they were recalling? Not at all. I don't know how long Paul persecuted Christians before he was taught the way, the correct way, on the way to Damascus, which is 150 miles, and I'm sure that was not his first trip persecuting Christians. He's going to the last spot, probably. There's the Jews up there outside of the regions of Judea, Samaria, and Galilee. I'm planning this trip. Maybe a couple years. Persecuting. Throwing in prison. Having some murdered. Because Stephen wasn't the only one, was he? But when he came back, that great persecutor is back. That man who put my parents, spouse, friends in prison, that man who was there at the death of Stephen, that man who killed my loved ones. Acts chapter 9, verse 26 says this. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. And then comes Barnabas. Oh, I like Barnabas. We need more people who are like Barnabas, that encourager. How important is it to have someone stand up for you? Sure, you've done wrong, but to harbor anger against one who is forgiven is not a healthy reaction for the Lord's church. So Barnabas speaks on the behalf of Saul, 927. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke to him and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. Now Saul is accepted, maybe at a, at a distance from, for some. And he begins preaching Christ in Jerusalem. The reaction that happened in Damascus didn't stop him from doing what he needed to do. 
And he kept on going. And he came across a group of people, as the text describes, as Hellenists. Hellenists are Greek-speaking Jews, not unlike Saul himself. Their main language is not Hebrew or Aramaic, but Greek. And they tend to live in Greek areas of the Roman Empire. But they are no less passionate that Jesus is not God or the Messiah. They don't listen to Saul's preaching, but sought to kill him there in Jerusalem, Acts 9.29. How do you deal with people who oppose you enough that they want to kill you? Anybody here ever been on the other side of a mob? Okay. Do you feel outnumbered? Do your wrestling skills uh, grant you a lot of confidence coming from a mob, looking at a mob? No, not at all. But knowing if it could happen, a mob coming at you, would you teach Christ any less? Would you add the law of Moses or part of it to make more favorable conditions for yourself? Well, if you want a new type of church, this is the time to do it. Let's make an offshoot so that those who are unhappy that the law of Moses is not included can feel comfortable. Is that what he did? That is not what he did because he has no choice in what is to be preached. It comes from Jesus. You see, it was not the apostles' option to change what God wanted. But there are many who do then and today. When it comes to doctrines in God's word, God did not ask for your vote. He did not ask us to get together in a big group and vote on it. The message is the message, his church is the church, and the way of salvation is the way that he wants it done. So we come to the third point. <laughs> Peace or violence? I like one of the options. I'm not happy with the other one. Many people think of peace as, let's just get along. Don't ruffle any feathers. And they blame Saul for creating his negative situations. How many of you have thought that? Oh, Paul's personality was too tough. Yes, that's right, Easton. He just didn't get along. He was too pointed. He was too rough. If he just had a better personality... Oh, that personality game just gets in the way. If he just gave in on some of his proclaimed God expectations. Going back to, it's Paul's church. But it's not, is it? But the other apostles dealt with violence as well. Do you recognize that? It wasn't just Saul. When did they deal with violence? 
when they declared Christ's message that people didn't like or want to hear. Can you remember some of those events recorded in Scripture? After Pentecost, who was beaten and put into prison for preaching Christ? The apostles, Acts chapter 3 through 5, and not just one situation, right? Who, first, who was first killed? Stephen, Acts chapter 7. Who was killed by Herod in Acts chapter 12? James, the first apostle martyred for Christ. James was killed after Paul had left the region. Paul, Saul was already gone out of Jerusalem in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 12, James is killed by Herod. Saul's not even there. And yet, there's violence. There's violence. Persecution coming from teaching the truth is not a Saul-only trait. Remember, those following and teaching Christ were persecuted as well. Think of all those families and peoples who stood opposed to Saul. Were they quiet? Were they quiet? Great class today, Justin. Were they quiet? Lest we forget what happened to Jesus. Violence tends to be an outcome from those who oppose Christ. We see that all the time in Scripture. It could be violence of words. It could be violence of economics, neighborliness or lack thereof, or physical violence. But when people oppose the Prince of Peace, violence of some sort is used. So Saul went out in Jerusalem preaching Christ boldly. These or those Hellenistic Jews disputed against his teachings. And when they could not win, they chose to kill him. That's the great thing about Scripture. If you understand it the way it's intended to be understood, and you're arguing with something that has not a correct understanding, you can't lose. in the defense of Scripture and God and Christ. You can't lose in arguments. So when people can't win the argument, what do they turn to? Violence. We see it in our politics today. Violence is the means because they don't want, they didn't win the argument. But they want what they want. Did Saul run away from his responsibilities? No. In Damascus, his life was escaped. He left, but he kept on preaching. In Jerusalem, his life was at stake. They took him to Syria, that is, the brethren sought out his welfare in Jerusalem. They took him to Syria, my map's not up, and from Syria most likely put him on a ship and sent him to Tarshish. This was all before his three missionary journeys. Tarshish was his hometown. Tarshish was not in the region of Judea, Galilee, or Samaria. He was in Rome. But he went on 
preaching. The third point in this section is peace. Acts chapter 9, verse 31. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It multiplied. Now, did it have peace because Saul left the region? Sometimes it's fun to talk like that because how ornery Saul must have been. I don't know. He's just a tenacious guy. But so were all the other apostles in the sense of we're teaching God's word. You might think Saul was the reason there was no peace. That's not true. You see, God reached out to the Gentiles, non-Jews, about Christ through Peter. Acts chapter 10. Did that go over very well with a lot of people? Paul wasn't there. Saul wasn't there. And Herod laid violent hands on some Christians. Acts chapter 12, 1 through 5. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in the prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made by God to God by the church. As far as I know, Saul's somewhere north, a long ways, probably 300 miles away in Tarshish, preaching the word. Or he's been moving on at this time, going other places that we'll talk about later. But Peter's arrested. James is killed. So why was there peace when Saul left? As according to the passage here in Acts chapter 9. Why was there peace? Personally, I don't think it had to do with peace between neighbors, per se. But peace within the body of Christ and those who followed the Prince of Peace. Because wherever the peace of Christ is, those who oppose it are violent. You see, even after Saul left this region, the church was being built up in the whole area. Judea, Samaria, Galilee. They walked in fear of the Lord, according to this passage. The idea that they are in the truth of the gospel of Christ. They receive comfort from the Holy Spirit. You need that when you're in hostile areas. The church of Christ grew, but there were still those who hated them. There is peace when you're in a true relationship with the Prince of Peace. So we conclude. The lesson is all in. Damascus to Jerusalem. The message of Christ was revealed by Christ and Saul preached it. Jerusalem to Tarshish. 
Saul gained favor among the brethren and preached boldly. And then the third point, peace, is only found in Jesus Christ. And that is even in times of persecution. The question is that I have for you today as we close, are you all in? The lesson is yours. If there's anybody here who has any needs, prayer requests, or otherwise, please come forward now as together we stand and sing.